Um, I think we're pretty much ready to go. So let's just pray before Nick speaks to us. Just quieten our hearts before God. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that you have given us your word. And I just want to pray for Nick as he um, unpacks your word for us this morning, that you would speak through him by your Holy Spirit. And I pray that you would give us open hearts, open minds, and open spirits to what you've got to say to us this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you. When I was a young Christian, I had an ambition to be a worship leader. And I had some of the requirements. I had a nice guitar. Actually, I had a 12-string electric guitar. How cool is that? So I had that. I had a loud voice. I had a heart to worship. And I could dance too. That's a good point. Thanks, Paul. Didn't think of that. I did have some disadvantages, a, a poor sense of musicality, a general lack of rhythm, and an innovative approach to melody. And uh, the last time I attempted to lead worship was when we were at Bible College. And every morning at Bible College, we had whatever it was, 20 minutes, half an hour devotions, and we take turns leading it. So I'm there with my guitar, leading worship, and I start leading a song, and I'm, I'm pretty tense. At this point, you see, you know, I'm not relaxing into this worship thing. I'm, I'm pretty tense because I'm finding it so challenging. And um, I start singing this song. And, um, yeah, they're all pretty game at Bible College. They all join in and everyone's singing along and that sort of stuff. And at the end, one of the people who was you know, the sort of backing singer or whatever uh, comes up and she says, I thought it was really interesting the way you started that song on the second verse. I was like, did I? I didn't even notice. And it was at that point that I thought, you know, I'm not sure this is really, you know, what I'm called to do and called to be, and probably that was a great relief to everyone. Uh, we are not all called to be worship leaders, but we are all called to worship God. It says in 1 Peter 2, 9, whoops, Having a few technical difficulties this morning. Uh, it says in 1 Peter 2.9, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You, us, each one of us who knows and loves the Lord Jesus, are his special possession, are his chosen people, his royal priesthood, his holy nation. And why? So that we may declare the praises of him, the one who called us out of darkness into his wonderful life. We're called to worship. We're called to worship this amazing God. And today I want to talk um, about why we worship. I want to talk about what we worship with, and I want to talk about how we worship. But first, let's just say a little bit about what actually is worship. What is worship? Um, anyone here who's married uh, promised in the old Book of Common Prayer words, uh, anyone said, with my body I thee worship? Did you, Steve? Good job. A few others there as well, okay, yeah. 
So, you know, uh, what's that about? This is not about idolatry. It's not about, you know, thinking your spouse, your partner is God. Um, no, it's, anyway, there's a bit of a discussion going on here, you know. Anyway, hopefully, uh, well, not too worried about it. I know. <laughs> um, what's it about? Actually, the word that we use, worship, comes from an old English word, um, worth-ship. It's about the worth we put on someone, the honour, the glory we put on them, how we value someone or something. That's the original root. How much do we value God? And when we think about worshipping God, it's not primarily about the music, about the singing, about the choice of songs, about whatever it is. It's about what worth do we put on him? Good worship is when each of us, from our parts, puts worth on him. Says, God, you are amazing. You are wonderful. You're king of kings and lord of lords. You are brilliant. There's no one like you. That is worship. Is when we are putting worth, honour, value on him. Saying he means everything to us. Worship is about the worth we put on our amazing God. So I'm going to think about why we worship. Um... Why do we worship? We worship because of love. You see, God is seeking worshippers. It says in um, John 4, 23, 24, Jesus says to the Samaritan woman, a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they're the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. So God seeks worshippers. He seeks people to worship him, to love him, to put honour on him. Seems quite strange for us to get our heads around. We could sort of think, oh, that's a bit big-headed. Why would anyone want people to worship them? But actually, worship is the natural expression of a loving, intimate relationship between forgiven people and a perfect God. It's naturally, if you think about what God's like and what we're like, worship is the natural nature of that relationship. Let me use a couple of illustrations for that. So, now we've been talking about marriage a bit already. Uh, you can marry. You can imagine in a, in a good marriage, there is great love between a man and a woman. They're married, um, and that love is one of sort of equality and mutuality. Okay, you know you're you're on the same level. You're together. You're friends. Um, you're ex- you know your love is out of a sort of mutual appreciation. Um, stop this sniggering here. It's a bit alarming. Uh, okay, you know, you think they're amazing. You also know they've got faults, but you know you've got faults too and all that sort of stuff. There is a sense of, this is a loving, intimate relationship, but it's of mutuality. Then I want you to think about the relationship between 
um, a parent and a child, the, love, the loving, intimate relationship between a parent and child. And particularly, I'm thinking about a, a toddler here, okay? A really uh, young child. So for this child, you know, you're one, you're one and a half. I don't remember it very well personally, but there you go. Um, your parents, all being well, are your life. You know, if there's anything that's wrong, mum or dad can fix it. They're like superheroes. They're like anything you need. These are the people. Now, you also may think that they're your sort of personal slaves and they're there at your every sort of whim and their whole purpose of life is to keep you happy. Um, you know, you, as, a, as a child like that, you've got no comprehension of their life beyond they're here to look after me. They're here to be everything to me. But there is that sense of dependence, of trust, of they're everything to me. For a parent with your toddler, you can't believe how this tiny person has so totally disrupted your life in so many ways. How, you know, all kinds of things are happening. You're doing all kinds of things you never imagined you would do. Don't say anything about hot little bunnies, Andrew Pounce. Uh, but that sort of thing. Uh, you're, <laughs> yeah, you're doing that. Um, and... You know, you, you, you can't imagine what's happened. And, you know, in one sense, you're not sleeping. All kinds of things might be going wrong. And yet your heart is filled with this amazing, unconditional love for this little child. And, you know, when they smile at you and when things are going well, you know, you're like, wow. You know, you have bad days too. Things don't always go like that. But you, you get the idea. Imagine a perfect parent, a parent who is also Father God, the Father of everything, the Lord of creation, eternal, all-powerful, all-loving, a parent who knows everything about us and yet still loves us with an unconditional love. And we, as his children, he's so far beyond us. We have a glimpse of what he's like. But actually, how can we understand this eternal, infinite God in who he really is? That is our worship. Worship is the natural state, the natural expression of a loving, intimate relationship between children and our loving Heavenly Father, he's perfect. So he's the one we look to. Like a child, like a toddler, we, we know he's everything. He can do everything. Whatever we need, let's depend on him. Worship is about love. And I just want to say, if this relationship with a, a heavenly loving Father isn't something you know, in your life at this stage, I would love to talk with you and pray with you about that and about you know how can we know God as our heavenly loving Father because that's what he wants for all of us because that's why Jesus died in our place that we could become part of Father God's family. And when we have this attitude of worship, that loving relationship with our God, 
it gives us perspective, like the hot air balloon that we've been looking at. We can, we can see what's going on. We may face all kinds of challenges in life and in what's going on in our circumstances. But when we worship and we see God, he's everything. He cares for us. He loves us. He can do everything. It gives us the perspective that we can, we can face it with. Um, I sort of experienced a bit of that last night. So uh, 10 to 1 this morning, I was awake. I was a bit stressed. I couldn't sleep. I'm going over my sermon. I'm sort of thinking about other things. And I'm trying to, you know, I know I'm just tired. And I just need to sleep, to be honest. Um, but I can't. And I, I start singing very quietly. You didn't hear me now. Very quietly. <laughs> under my breath. Um, it's a, one says it's a children's song, really, but uh, you know, wonderful Lord, wonderful God, you are my shield, my protector. I can lie down, go off to sleep, knowing you're watching over me. Um, and then I woke up, and it was half five, which is not great, but it's better than it might have been. You know, God gave me peace. In that moment, as I put my worship and my trust in him, express that worship, a loving relationship with this amazing Father God, gives us that perspective. It's like we put our tiny little hand in his great big hand and let him hold us and let him take us. Worship. Worship God. Why? Because of love. Worship God. With what? Now, in the old covenant, the agreement between God and the people of Israel, which is sort of takes up much of, of this Bible, um, there were a whole series of prescribed ways to worship God, um, to draw near him, to, to offer stuff to him by making sacrifices. Now, we, under, we need to understand what the word sacrifice means in the Bible. We often talk about making sacrifices today. So I heard, what's his name, Adam Peaty, Olympic swimmer, a little while ago saying um, how his parents had made sacrifices so that he could be a great swimmer. And he meant, you know, getting up early in the morning, taking him to the pool, that sort of thing. Uh, that's not the actual meaning of sacrifices, okay? In the Old Testament, sacrifices mean you bring an animal to the altar, or you bring grain or wine or certain things in other cases, um, and it is offered on your behalf. Worship in that context was a crucial and costly matter, particularly for the animal, to be fair, um, but also for the owner. Um, and there's a sense of, talks about things being devoted to God. It actually means totally being given over, actually often by being destroyed, by giving over to God. Worship was about taking sacrifices and giving them to God. What's our offering? Now that we're living in the light of Jesus' death and resurrection, what's our offering to him? What can we bring in worship? Now there's a really interesting passage in this, in Romans. So the first uh, 11 chapters of Romans has been uh, Paul setting out the amazing gospel that he has from Jesus. 
what it is to know God, how we can be made right with God through faith in him. And then chapter 12, he starts off by saying, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of everything we've been talking about for the last 11 chapters, in view of all that God's done, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. It's an amazing picture of us offering ourselves all we are, our bodies, our very lives as living sacrifices to him, devoted to him, wholly given over to him to do as he will. What does this look like? What does a living sacrifice look like? Well, um, I don't know, but there is a picture of that actually in the book of Revelation. Let me just read an amazing passage about worshipping God in Revelation. So this is Revelation chapter 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides, sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scrolls? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. The scroll is like the secrets of the history and the world's progress. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. Jump on a bit. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he'd taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song saying, You're worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. And, and, and you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God. And they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said amen and the elders fell down and worshipped. What does a living sacrifice look like? 
looks like a lamb who's been slain, who lives now for us, who gave himself that we might know God. And his very life for ours, and our worship is like a poor reflection of his sacrifice, but it means offering everything to him. Our time, our relationships, our service, our money, our love, our voices. Perhaps that's what he meant when he called us to take up our cross and follow him. As we choose to live life for him, not to conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of his mind, our minds, then we'll start to understand God's will for us. So we talked about worshipping. Why? Because of love. Worshipping with what? Our lives. Worshipping how? How should we worship? Well, um, there are lots of things about worshipping in all kinds of ways and in all kinds of times. But I want to suggest that we should be worshipping out loud. You see, I'm slightly tongue-in-cheek because actually we worship God with all our lives. Uh, we don't need to do it by hopping around the office every day doing sort of karaoke praise. Yes, guaranteed to be a good witness to your colleagues. Um, you can worship God in all kinds of ways at all times. Silent prayer, contemplation, journaling. And yet, and yet, when we read the Bible, we see that corporate worship, God's people together shouting, singing, proclaiming his goodness, is really important. We see it again and again. We've seen it in that picture in Revelation when all of creation is shouting praise together. And it's something we're commanded to do in Ephesians. It says, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And often when it's described in the Bible, a key thing that's noted is it's loud. Um, I won't read all of these. There's a bit where the Levites praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. As all the people gave a great shout of praise. David said, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Okay. There's something about when we, as God's people, gather together and we sing with all our hearts. We express all that's within us. We fully engage with this amazing God, offering him our voices, poor as they may be in my case, offering our voices and our hearts together in praise to him because he's amazing, because he's wonderful, because he's beautiful. We're called to worship our amazing God. Why do we worship? We worship because of love, because worship is a natural expression of a loving, intimate relationship between forgiven people and a perfect God. What do we worship with? We worship with our lives, with everything we are. We are living sacrifices and we worship with our voices. And how? In all kinds of ways, at all kinds of times, but particularly as we come together to sing. And we're just going to do that for a few minutes now. Um, I talked at the beginning about Worship being about the worth we put on God. And maybe uh, while Ruth and the band are just getting themselves together and while we attempt to get SongSmart working again on the laptop, which may take some time, um, 
just let's think about how worthy God is, what he means to us. Maybe think of one thing that you could say um, or you could think that he is worthy to you. Um, And then we will worship together because he is amazing. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you um, that you are worth our worship. Um, We just want to declare that, Lord, and finish on that note today of saying you are so worthy. You, You made us. You poured your love into our hearts. You saved us. Jesus, you gave your life that we could live, and we want to thank you and honour you. And Lord, we, um, this song's a good one to end on because, uh, as we've heard this morning, our worship isn't just about what we sing here when we come together. It's also how we go out and live our lives um, in, in the week. And Lord, we want to use these words as a prayer. I will call upon your name. I will keep my eyes above the waves. My soul will rest in your embrace. I am yours and you are mine. And I pray, Father, that as we go into our week, the different challenges and um, things that we'll be facing, Lord, that you would just remind us to put our little hands into your great big hands and to trust you, to live our lives devoted to you and uh, to be totally dependent on you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Amen. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, worship team.